Hi, this is your Fungin Master, David Hallman, and I'm here to talk to you about Enchanted Manor Mead. Now, the Enchanted Manor Meadery is the official meadery of the Texas Renaissance Festival, and actually, uh, a place I worked for a good five to seven years. They make excellent mead, and they also have a mead club where you can sign up and receive three bottles of mead to your door every three months, and two of those flavors in that box are going to be experimental things. Things like hibiscus habanero, kumquat, s'mores, Halloween. Wait, hold on, Halloween? It says Halloween on... what? The hell? Halloween's not a fun... Okay. Anyway, if you'd like to check them out, their website is mead.today. And if you'd like to buy some mead, use offer code POD10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. The Enchanted Manor Meadery. Good mead made by good people. The galaxy's been on the downswing for some time now. Technology is stagnant. Government doesn't get anything done. People are complacent. I think it's good to shake things up from time to time. Well, you would. You're in control of the legs. Hey, we agreed. I have the best sense of direction. More like you have the inner ears that the rest of us are lacking. Listen, three heads on one body isn't easy. It was clear I was meant to be the leader of the group. Oh, here we go. I'm so deep. I have such good brain thoughts. You know, if you didn't put the books so close to your face, the rest of us would be able to read them too. Don't even get me started on music. Martian opera and Venetian symphonies. All we hear is what leaks through the headphones. See, now this is why I wanted to study those creatures that came back. Communal organisms are few and far between. And they seem to have it all laid out. None of this. Constant complaining. Now, what was I? Oh, yeah. The state of the galaxy. I'll give you something to complain about. Yeah, get him. Why don't you now, put the book in front of my face? So I'm ready read. to read. No, Maybe put the book down. I different. don't want to read any books this isn't at all what I anyways. Wanted at all. I wanted something with princesses we gotta have a beer and to over horses there. and we some have really three cool things. We got three Welcome back, fellow traveler, to Good Better Quest. Join us as we go on a long errand. everybody, and welcome back to Good Better Quest on our Good Better Side Quest, a long errand. With me are my friends, game, play. You guys are in some shit. Introduce yourselves. Let's get into this. I am Nicola. Hi, I'm Nicola. Nicola the Druid, N-E-K-O-L-A on Twitter. And I passed out and woke up in somebody else's brain or a psychic demiplane. Not smart enough to know the difference. They're similar. And it only took me 10 episodes to pick up on things can be tools and weapons. <laughs> and now I have a cool ass knife that's not a knife. It's almost like it's an attuned tool. Or a Swiss army knife. Or a Swiss army knife. It's a Swiss army knife. <laughs> a Swiss army gadget. Swiss army gadget. Either way, it's pretty cool. Currently, it's a stethoscope. I'm Doug at uh, Doug GBQ on Twitter. And I played Jake Lucas, uh, who has not gotten to ride a pterodactyl, and he's still pretty salty about that. Oh, I <laughs> forgot about that. Maybe this episode. David is salty for you as well. <laughs> and for it's real. totally Nicholas' fault. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but... Mm. But we were certainly thinking We it were loudly. all thinking it. No, yeah. I'm just fucking... <laughs> I think I also was like, don't split the party, I can't remember. 
Hi, I'm David Holman. I am uh, at stag underscore horn on Twitter. I am the Fungin Master for Bachelors in Dungeoneering. Uh, but today, I will be playing Hagen Young, uh, carrying blood that brings death. Feed it to vampires for last breath. <laughs> oh, I thought that they would get oh. better over time. Yeah, <laughs> did you actually write that one down too? No, I actually thought about it. Okay, like, as you dome? guys were doing your things, oh, and I okay. almost took my headphones off because I couldn't think of it. <laughs> That's fine. That's why you need. So for the next episode, you need on your little soundboard that annoys us applause and laughter. <laughs> because uh, because we're not going to give it to you. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it's not so likely. It's, I'm not saying it's impossible. But it ain't likely. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the pirates because last episode I, I left out a detail, which upon uh, discussion, I realized is extremely important for our listeners to know. Yeah. You force fed a an extremely injured vampire this blood that contained the contamination that killed your entire race. Yep. And what I failed to mention was that Punch was the, the sire of all of the other vampires. And because he is essentially dead now, they are also all dying. So it's, uh, that's, that's a big deal. <laughs> and we will I, address that as we play. I accidentally did a vampire side. <laughs> like a... <laughs> yeah. So don't mess with Hagen. Yeah. I think we've established that throughout the course of the game that Hagen has like no remorse to do things yeah. that are necessary. Oh, I mean, no, I'm totally here for it. I love it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's he's got the cold logic of a machine, you know. He's, like he's he's like Bender's intelligent cousin, or like uh, or like like I don't know. He he feels to me like like an extension of Bender. Like Bender was one of his uh, early uh, ancestors yeah. or some such. There's a feeling over there. He it it's like Bender, Baymax, and Hal all created a robot, and that's Hagen. <laughs> <laughs> to start this episode, we are going to dive into the psychic demiplane that Raquel and Crum are in. When we left off, you had created cover for yourself and Crum to hide in and have essentially made yourself invisible to this other enormous creature that resembles Crum. Yes, and Crum was putting on a magic mech suit that looks like uh, Hagen and something else. I, you know, I said that, and as I was saying that, I realized that's not what I wanted to look like. He's putting on this mech suit and looks like Samus Aaron. Why do you keep saying... I had... I don't know what that means. <laughs> he looks like Metroid. The, the, the main character from Metroid has power armor, and because he's this big bulbous Manowar thing, I just like the idea that his head is where Samus Aaron's helmet is. And that's what Crumb looks like. And he, he holds up both of his guns because why only have one? And he goes, who's the bad bitch now? <laughs> yes, I am here I am <laughs> for that. Um, as Crumb finishes building his mech suit of psychic energy and he looks at Raquel and says, I'm a the bitch. Um, Raquel has the stethoscope in one hand because that's the last word she said. And in the other hand, she's eating a donut. Uh, because she's remembered or she's realized that she can just create everything and it's empty calories because it's a psychic plane. So she's like looking at crumb, but she's also trying to form a plan in her head and she's eating a donut. As you're eating your donut, crumb comes closer to you and he puts one of his Metroid blasters his Samus Aaron blasters to the side of his head and he pulls out this large crystalline structure and to anybody else they wouldn't really recognize it but you as a psychic know that this is an ability this this is something that he has and he turns to you I think where we are 
I'm not going to be a whole lot of use. Uh, my concern is that they're going to try and bond with me, and I could become compromised. Oh. I want to give you this to use, because should that happen, it would be bad for everybody. So take this, and I, I, I know you're going to use it well. And he holds it out to you, and this is the ability to use your premonition skill again. <gasps> okay, Raquel shoves the rest of the donut in her mouth because she's not wasting this. And then <laughs> and then takes the ability with her now free hand. Not sticky because it's not real. You grab it and have you ever seen, um, oh God, I was going to reference something, but I can't remember the name. It's an old anime where the dude's got like six girlfriends that live in his house and he doesn't Tenchi know which Muyo. one to date. Tenchi Muyo. <laughs> I, I mean, was like, I it was in his pocket. We've been, I think we've established there's not a lot of things that you know that I've seen. Okay. So I don't Tenchi know. Muyo, many, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know many people who have seen it. That was, <laughs> so, but was, I am here no for business. it. If there are six girlfriends, I'm here it, for it. it. No, it dude, was, it it really One's it, a demon, one's a scientist, who I think is also a demon. Oh my god, no, life goals. She's, just, Wait, she's, life she's a demon goals. scientist? It's Okay. It, one's, uh, one, uh, one is a space pirate, anime. one is a space princess, one is the sister of the space princess, one is a scientist, one is a police officer of space. Mm. Um mm. I think <laughs> I think she had a partner that came with them. And then if we want to get really fucking weird, the space pirate's spaceship was actually a tiny little rabbit creature named Rio Oki, and she also became a person at some point, and that was weird, and so she became one of them, the secret seventh girlfriend. David, David, I did not realize I was going to get a lecture on Tenchi Muyo from you today, and this is not how I thought this session was going to go. <laughs> Listen, I, you I brought didn't it up. either, and I don't know if this is going out in post or not. That, that but... show was my life for a while when I was little. All I wanted to reference <laughs> was the sword that he uses, because when you grab this, a similar visual action happens, because it was really cool in the show when I was 12, so I want to use it now. Um, when he when he grabs his sword, it turns into like a lightsaber, but he also gets this like light armor, which like has stuck with me forever because it was really cool how they did it. So what happens is you grab this crystal, and as you do it, you're surrounded by this light that creates a, a psychic structure around you. What does Raquel's newly acquired psychic armor look like? I think that it because I'm not imaginative and I just want to look cool. Uh, I think it looks like a NASCAR racer's outfit with the helmet and everything. It's just super Ooh. tight to the skin and like looks super flexible and movable. And I'm sure that there's a cool anime reference that you guys can make was, about it. But I, I am say here like Tron. for... Tron! That's a good one. And I know that reference. So yeah, it's like a Tron suit. But it's purple. Ooh. Prum hands this this crystal to you and your your abilities all get replenished and you level up. <gasps> I level up. So what what do you take on your newly acquired level? This is such a surprise. <laughs> Not like uh, we haven't been talking about it or anything. I know. I'm joking. That was a joke. In Offworlders, you get a list of abilities to choose from and there is one that just fits so perfectly into what Crumb and I have been doing called Force Wall. As long as you concentrate on nothing else, you can create a strong barrier of solid psychic energy up to 10 by 10 feet in size. If it comes under sustained stress, you may have to roll dice with willpower to maintain it. And it, it just fits. Uh, not to be confused with Wall of Force, which is a bad D&D spell. Mm. <laughs> You level up, you get this these new abilities, you have this new armor surrounding you, and as you and Crum are sharing this moment from behind you, these, again, they, re they resemble other creatures on the ship, but they almost look purposefully demonic now. There are these 
black swampy versions of these creatures popping out of the ground. And Crumb steps in front of you. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle that guy. I think he's, I, I think he's actually able to manipulate me. But his constructs in here, I can, I can handle those. You go tackle the big guy. Oh, I'm going alone. Okay. As that happens, his, his helmet comes over his head and he runs off and immediately drill kicks one of them and they explode. And you see him start shooting tennis balls at people because that's essentially what Samus Aaron shoots out of her hands. So. Oh, you I love it. Are, <laughs> you are left alone in your hiding spot in front of this mountain-sized creature. And they are identical to Crumb outside of the clear damage that their body has sustained. The frill around their faces is dry and cracking, and their tentacles are mostly missing. They have this same bluish-purple color that Crumb's outer membrane has, but they lack any sort of light or transparency, and there is this other color that is going through their entire being. What do I do? Okay. So, Raquel stalls for a moment because she's nervous as hell, but she has taken a few moments to come up with her plan, and she thinks the plan might be dangerous, but why the hell not? And so... She makes the little weapon she's holding kind of small so that she can just stow it back away. And she sits down on the ground and she raises the helmet shield, face shield, and she releases the, sh the, the thing holding her invisible. And she sits there on the ground. And at this point... When that thing is no longer making her invisible, I assume that the creature knows she's here. Ah, young one. I see you've decided to show yourself again. Yeah, but now it has a voice and I'm scared. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, so, Raquel, I'm going to tell you her intention because in case my words don't get across. Raquel's intention is to learn a little bit more by pretending that she is in awe and wants to join this guy. So she wants to learn what he's, how he got to the point he's at because Crumb didn't, Crumb said he didn't know. And so when she comes or when he says that she says, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, hi, name is Raquel and I, you know, I, this is, this is, this is an amazing, I, I'm just so in, in, in awe. This is, this is abilities that I, I never thought I would have and never thought that I would see in my lifetime. Um, and, and I want to, I, I want to understand how, how you came about, how you got this far. I can, I can tell that you are deceiving me. Oh, shit. However, it's difficult to read what I'm not getting. That's an ability that I uh, have not come across in a long time. That's impressive. Give me a willpower roll. Okay. Can I trade in that just for a pair of sixes because I'm currently holding a cat? And the cat crawled into my lap while we were recording, and now I don't know what to do. I'm just kidding. Unless it works. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, worth a shot. <laughs> you get a pair of sixes? It's a six and a five. Oh, my gosh. Oh, nice. So 11 plus two is 13. <laughs> So, <laughs> you tell this thing to fuck off. This this creature, like it said, is impressed by your psychic abilities. It it clearly has not come across somebody who's been able to deceive it the way that you currently are. It's 
size begins to shrink, almost like you're changing the aspect ratio of this thing. Like, it's becoming closer to the size that you recognize Crumb being. And it comes close to you, still, you know, 10 or 15 feet away. It's not, it's not within arm's reach. It's not going to stand by your side and, and try and, you know, do anything. But it has shrunk to a more recognizable size. And you can tell that it's not exactly showing you respect, but it is showing you deference for your abilities. It's not trying to merely intimidate you the way it would somebody with a weaker will. Okay, so if the, I just, uh, to, to continue the visualization, um, when it started to shrink and Raquel had, knew her plan probably wasn't going to work, but at least wanted to open the dialogue, Raquel stands up. She's no longer sitting on the ground. I had some plans that I was going to enact, and I was hoping that it wouldn't have to come to this and that people would accept our return. But, looking into you, I can see a lot of pent-up <sighs> anger, and I understand what that's like. He does a similar motion to what Crumb did earlier, and he holds up a sphere. And as you look at it, tell me what Zelron, your home planet, looks like. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. It looks like a very populated it is a very big populated advanced civilization it's very multicultural but there's a clear there there's a clear upper class and some places some buildings are bigger and then there's also the the this the lower class you know just like blue collar workers in my head i'm picturing not from the blockbuster movie Guardians of the Galaxy um, <laughs> not the planet that has that cool courtyard where they end up having a fight um, not all cool and sci-fi like that wink wink Trantor from the Foundation series because it's in the public license now so there we go <laughs> Uh, okay, that's what I'm picturing. Uh, so everybody can get a visual at home. So it's it's very much like that, and that that's what I'm that's what it is. But the key point is it's very populated. This creature holds this sphere up to you and is showing you your home planet. We're passing by it fairly soon, and if you decide to show your loyalty to me. You can pull the trigger and end it. Okay. I know you're running from your past, and we can just get rid of it. Oh. Oh. Here's the thing. One, is, is that is that who you are? Are you? Are you the one? What do I call you? The darkness. You can refer to me as the totality. Mm, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop that. Um, what, I, wait, why, why is that, that? That's such a cool name. I, I'm so cool. Don't make fun of me. Does he get a little bigger when... He, he grows one extra size. He, he starts puffing up again. Can you say fatality in that voice? Fatality. Perfect. Okay. Totality. I am. <laughs> Clever. Uh, in my brain, you know that I'm running from my past. And uh, you probably also can see that I don't like killing people. I've never done it. I'm not going to start doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> my family is weird. And I'm going to keep running from them. But I'm not going to kill them. And so since we've dropped this facade of I'm not really trying to... I just I kind of wanted more information about how you got this way. Maybe this is the part where you start your cool monologue that tells me all that information. Because... And I want to... 
use my ability to dismiss the sphere. Okay. Does that is that a thing I can do? Explain to me by what you mean to dismiss the sphere. Well, because he conjured the the image of the sphere. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, the one that he's holding. You the just... one that he's holding. And I want to like put up my hand and try and and just make it go away in dust. That'd be cool. Give me a straight willpower roll. Okay. <laughs> Are you just on fire today? You just you just sticking it to me? Is that what's happening? Nope. That is not what's oh. happening. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> she rolled too Did you get snake eyes? I got snake eyes. <laughs> oh no. Unless survival or manip- manipulation is definitely a thing I should be able to use. Yes. Okay. Um, we're going to try again. <laughs> oh, shit. You're I rolled the one again. again. Oh. Okay, so in... <laughs> Fuck. In, in character, this is like actually quite perfect because she's trying to be all confident and shit. And the thing she's going to say... We'll go back to that now that you know that I just rolled a second time and also got a one. So I got a four. Oh, I got to stop laughing. Um, <laughs> she, sa- <laughs> she says, um, I don't like killing people. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And then she raises her hand and she says, and I'm not going to, to try and dismiss the sphere and goes, I'm not going to destroy my planet. But what happens with her snake eyes? <laughs> you do begin to dismiss the planet that he's holding up, but he realizes what you're doing, and he begins to grow. If you're not going to help with our plan to protect this galaxy, then I suppose that... And a Wilson tennis ball hits him squarely in the eye. Crumb... <laughs> <laughs> races over to you and he looks at at the totality and he turns to you i think it's time for you to wake up i think so too i tried to be badass and before you can do anything he shoots you in the head with the wilson tennis ball as well and you wake up but crumb does not (gasps) okay i hit him with the tennis ball when i wake up i shoot i shoot up I had to be a badass, like finishing my sentence. And I realized that he didn't wake up. I'm like, oh, God damn it, he did that to me on purpose. Okay. Uh-uh. And I try and touch him again to see if I can go back into the psychic plane. There is no response touching him this time. Uh-uh. Okay. You're back on the ship. When you wake up, you look down. And that projection of that Tron NASCAR suit that you saw, in your eyes, you can still see the outline of it surrounding your body. Jake and Hagen, you're standing on the, the outside of the bridge of the Manticore. As you're standing there, while Raquel was incapacitated towards the end, all of the lights on the Manticore started flicking on and off. What do you do? Nosferatu. Um, <laughs> Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm conflicted because if you said the, the lights on the manticore flickering on and off. Correct. I I kind of want to check on that, but also we like the last thing we saw was that weapon getting built, right? You saw something getting built. Jake saw exactly what he knew was being built. Do you know anything about that? Is that... Is that okay? Jake is looking at it. Uh, he tilts his cap back a little bit, and you can see on his face that he is just almost forlorn. And he realizes that these folk have the technology to take what was on that chip that they took out of his belly like very, like a very short time ago. And now they're in the process of, of building what is essentially a, a poison factory. And they're going. And he knows that they're going to be manufacturing some sort of disease. And he stares at this in horror. 
and looks over at uh, at Hagen, and he says, um, I made some really bad decisions today. I think we ought to go down there. Can I add one little bit of flavor? Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to David about this previously. I told him what we talked about. Yeah, I don't think that he would know that it was the same disease that killed everybody on Hag- okay. on Hogan, rather. I agree that Jake wouldn't know that, but I think that Hagen, whenever you figure out what they're building after hearing that, you know that these are like some stolen plans or, you know, th- this is research that you recognize after hearing it from him. And the reason I say that is because, Jake, you brought such a good device to circle in Hagen and like the, de- the destruction of his entire planet to like, now everybody's got some shit they got to figure out. Can I just take my di- uh, my little monologue thing from yeah, the beginning? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Cool. Jake tilts his his cap back on his head, and you can see in his face that he is um, like forlorn. His his face sort of wrinkles up as he stares down at this construction, and he knows for a fact that it is from the plans that were on the chip that was in his belly. And he looks at Hagen. He nods down towards the, uh, towards the the factory that's being built, and he says, "Down there, they're making a disease." And he looks at him real hard. He says, "A disease bad enough to kill a planet." I've made some terrible decisions today. Let's go down there. Well, hold on, because. We may really only need to stop them from using it. In their hands, it's a weapon. In my hands, and he he pulls out his final vial of blood from from a patient in Hogan, and he uh, he says, "In my hands, it could potentially have a cure." Jake nods and pulls his cap back down and says, we'll see. And starts looking for a way toward the, uh, toward the facility. Before you jump off the ship, Ripley, seeing all the lights turn off and on, is, uh, again, just manically running around the room, turning on circuits, making sure everything's working again. Yeah. And she's able to get... a. a a moderate stability of electronics working on the bridge. And you, you just hear that that bonking and slapping the, the cartoonish, like, pneumatic drills and hammers and stuff. Right, right. Jacker turns around to help her, and they're they're working and doing all of these these very quick fixes to, to get the systems back on board. And she shouts out to you, both as you're, you're standing outside of the bridge. I don't think I'm going to be able to get the Manticore flight-worthy until we, we get more power back from the generator, but I've got enough to replicate some things on the bridge. If you guys want anything before you go, we can, we can make some stuff to, to help you get to where you need to go. So if you want to take five minutes and do that, I think it'll, it'll help you in the long run, and we can... I don't know. We can end this. We can get off here. We can we can resolve this later. Jake looks at Hagen, kind of side eyed, and he tells, uh, but he says to um, uh, the captain, "Can you make an indestructible container?" You see Ripley kind of tapping her head and thinking, "As long as you don't throw it into the heart of a star, I think I can make something that won't get broken." And then again, still looking at Hagen, side eyed and not happy about it, um, says, "How many do you think we need?" I, I'm I'm going all in, man. I'm I'm willing to come with you and help like steal vials of shit. Like I'm 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 trying to I'm I'm trying to create a way for us to like get things out without causing any harm. I've, I've I understand you now. My bad. That's okay. I can keep the vials relatively safe inside me. I had more samples, but now I don't. He he opens he opens his cabinet tummy. And because it's always different when he opens it up, it's it's like a spice rack, one of those spinning spice racks with like that can hold test tubes, 
I'm sure there's a science name for it, um, and not what I just said. But, whatever Lazy yeah. Susan is in Latin. Yeah, whatever yeah. Lazy Susan is in a laboratory. <laughs> a lackadaisical Mary. It's It's got the one blood sample in it. Nolan, can we say that it can hold probably 19 vials of, of that... Uh, does it have to be an odd number? Because well, one of them is the blood. Ha uh-huh. Oh, it's yeah, twenty. So, so they're they're going to be vial vial size is what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tw- twenty. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Okay, I I understand. I'm on. Yeah, uh, uh, I I get where you're going with this now too. This is good. You don't have to worry about me or or carrying anything. I am a carrying case. I'm also an ice cream machine. It's never come up naturally, but like, would you like some soft serve? It's, it, I, I must warn you, don't watch me while I do it. He squats. Ah! <laughs> Jake, as you make this decision, this, this steely reserve that you've always had comes to the forefront. You are thinking, I'm guessing, that you're preparing to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Tell me what Jake gets as he levels up. So Jake realizes this this mission has made him do all sorts of stuff that he was not really prepared to do. He's taken a lot of risks that he normally wouldn't take. He's like been violent in a way that he would not normally be violent. He's played God a little bit, and that's not something that he's used to as either. And as he gets the resolve to, to go down into this factory, knowing that it's just one in a long series of terrible decisions, he feels this sort of calm come over him and he realizes that there's a certain grace in his recklessness and he is going to take the uh, reckless ability and uh, it gives me plus one if I if I rush into danger without thinking I get plus one on all my rolls during that combat or during that situation so that's where we are I, I love the abilities you guys are choosing to take on your level ups. Like they are so on character. It, it's just, it, I love it. At, as you were waiting for this, Ripley's typing onto the computer and, and lights are mostly stable now. She's able to get the replicator working and she pulls out this plastic case that has all of these vials in it. Raquel, you are also awake and on the bridge with these people, I mean, with, with your teammates. Hearing that you guys are getting prepared to go, Jacker turns to both Raquel and Hagen and says to you both, What what can I do to help? I I don't like where I came from. And that's that's no knock on your family, Raquel. I've expanded my consciousness coming into this body, and I want to do what's right. I have decided I am a Hoganite now. And I want to do what my daddy does. How can I help? You've made me so proud, son. Raquel's dumbfounded because, I'll be honest, we never addressed Jacker at all. We never did. No. So when he directly talks to me about my family, I just get a little dumbfounded because (laughs) in all of that. And who is this? In all of I. I knew that's where he came from because I had stopped before we left. I had stopped and figured that out, but like now it's nothing recognizable. And so Raquel is just dumbfounded. Also, if I was awake for that whole soft surf thing, we missed a lot. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. So Raquel is just like, cool. Uh, insert witty thing to say about how it's not where we came from it's about what we do with it yada yada dad do you do you want to do something the blood of the covenant is is thicker than the water of the womb exactly your family is who you choose it exactly with your continuing fatherhood of jacker you your heart grows an entire size, Hagen. Tell me how you level up. I'm taking drone controller, um, which I, I'm thinking of it manifesting 
in one of two ways because I thought of something else a little bit ago. Is one was thinking like like he and Jacker are are uh, in the drift and they're they're like in sync when they move and and stuff like they communicate perfectly mentally. Okay. I that's that's one way I was thinking of it manifesting. The other way I was thinking was he just makes a whole bunch of little throwable hack things that he can throw on things and he can control them if he hacks into them from a distance. I'll let you decide because either one sounds good to me. I would say you can definitely do both, but you don't have any of the hack flies, any of the little hacking bots. Sure. Prepared hack currently. flies is perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would I would I be able to make them in five minutes? <laughs> I mean, could that's, the replicator that's make what them? That's the book says. Hagen, you would have to sit at the computer to do that. I don't think Ripley, off the top of her head, would know how to make it. If if you wanted to before you left, you could start working on it. But that that would delay everybody. Nah, fuck it. It's just me and my son. Two sides of the same coin. You guys are still on the bridge, and you have. You have your indestructible vials. Raquel, do you relay what happened with you and Crumb to everybody? Yes, t- to an extent. She doesn't say that. She doesn't say that Crumb pushed her out. She just tells about the totality and what that he is trying to trying to use this to destroy planets along the way. Uh, I have a question. What do you guys think perception in this game works as? I have really struggled because I love perception checks. Intelligence? Yeah. Yeah. There are going to be three concurrent things that happen. And I want you all to choose a number one through three. And then I want you to roll an intelligence check. So I want everybody's number before we start. I want three. I'll take two. Do we all have to pick different? Can we have numbers? the same number, or we? Have... You have to. No, you have to have different ones. Oh, I'll okay. take one then. I'll take one. Okay. So everybody, roll me an intelligence check. Hot damn. Mm. Mm. The ten for me. Mm. It's an eight for me. It's a six for me. Jake, I didn't hear what you said. Eight. So we have one of each. Jake, you're standing next to the communicator on the bridge. Like the, the ship's communicator. It's it's much more powerful than like your personal communicator. And you start getting this scratchy message coming through. This is Outpost Zelron 2. What is coordinate? Slow vector. No cannot sustain ship side. That's what you hear with your partial success coming out of the ship's communicator. Oh, Are you no. going to try and communicate back? Oh shit, I reckon so. Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna try to communicate back. I'm gonna um I'm gonna pick up the uh the the comm device or you know whatever whatever I needed to switch it on. And um I'm gonna say um whoever this is there's some really bad shit incoming. Where are you? On satellite outpost Zelron 2. Do I know where that is? Does Jake? Well, let's roll because I, I c- roll. Can I roll for culture? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's actually a thing. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he's an anthropologist. I forgot. I only rolled a five. Sorry. Even with the re-roll yeah. of your... Yeah, I did the same thing oh. that Nicole did earlier. I rolled a one, and then I rolled another one. I think it's my planet's um. fault, then, because I rolled ones while talking about my planet. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck Zelron. Because it's such a populated planet, Jake has tried to skirt around it. You don't know what it is, but you know that it's not a place you've ever been. You, you do send that signal, and they're trying to get something through to you, but the communications seem to not... You guys are out of sync right now. Something's going on, okay. and they're, they're not getting everything. Jake looks up at both of them and says, I'm not the communications officer. 
You're the one closest to it. <laughs> okay, but you're the closest. And then we address what happens with me, and then I'll move over there afterwards. You stood up, and you're still standing right next to Crumb. Yeah. He's still lying prone, and he's, you know, he's still in his suit, so you can't see his entire body. This cloying, oily presence shows up psychically in the back of your mind, and that's all you get with a failure. An oily presence in my mind? Yeah. That is so bad on so it's many the levels. Burger King. Hagen, your personal communicator chimes and Chip comes over and says, whatever you guys are doing, you need to do it fast. They're going to release the shell. We need to get this taken care of. We can't hold them off for too much longer. Find a way to redirect the shell. Hagen gets back on the on the comm. He says, Okay, how how do we do that? How? How do we how do we do that? How do we do that? Chip comes back and and you can tell that he's straining. There's something going on. I don't know. You guys have explored the guts of this ship more than I have. We just need to redirect it. They're gonna drop it on the planet in front of us. Nolan, weren't there like we went into the ship part of the ship. Weren't there like controls somewhere to actually control it? Yes, there were. Do I still have teleporty orbs? You do. Hagen is going to grab them and he's going to make eye contact with Jacker and I think they're both going to nod at one another. Hagen looks at Jake and Raquel and he says, um, we need to get to the cockpit of whatever the fuck this is and divert it. I'm going... Jacker's going. I'd love it if you two were going too, but I understand if you have your own things to deal with. Uh, and he's like, he's holding the orbs and they're like, they're glowing and they're about to activate and and um, it's essentially he's starting the car. <laughs> Jake says, well, we're not going to be able to fix anything if, uh, we're not going to be able to fix anything if they drop this, so alright, and he steps toward uh, Hagen. Jake, I love I love your whole aesthetic. Does that mean you're going... But it sometimes doesn't make sense. Does that mean you're going with Hagen? Or does that mean you're going to go try and stop the bomb? Yeah. Okay. Going with Hagen. Okay. Then I'm going with Hagen too. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I being too, am I being too vague? But that's Jake's aesthetic. And I'm fine with that. Um, it's his whole thing. Uh, all, right, all right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yes. Let's let's do that. I Let's go to the cockpit. Oh my god, are there still vampires there? Jake just sort of shakes his head no. Oh, probably not. The vampires are dying. Wait, what? Ah! Hagen, give me an intelligence roll. These are for the orbs. Yeah, yeah, I did a vampire genocide. Um, it was bad. Just straight intelligence... It's it's for the orbs, so if you can if you can tell me, I mean it's science or tech or both, so maybe I can reroll both die. No, <laughs> it, I'm I'm gonna say it's uh, tech. I rolled a four okay. and a two, and that would be an eight, but I want it to be better. And it's not. It's actually worse. So that's <laughs> five plus two is seven. Still a partial success. Uh, it's a partial, but I'm, I'm mad at, at you other guys. You did this. You did this we didn't. to me. We didn't. You did it's it. Fine. You, you did it. The, the orbs start circling everybody. The, the same process is happening. They're spinning. The appearance of everything outside of this circle that these spheres is making is starting to shift but you don't know where you're going. You put some coordinates in, and at the very last second, they seem to change. You show up in this utter pitch black area of the ship. In front of you, as the, the spheres come back into your tummy, you see these glowing eyes in the darkness just two but they are roomy and they are unhealthy as you fully appear in this room 
this person steps forward. And it's Alistair. His skin is dry and starting to flake off, and his teeth are cracked, and he is falling apart. And he puts a hand out to Jake, and in it is his golden badge of office. And as he holds his hand out, it crumbles and falls to the ground. Jake and Raquel, in your head, you hear this being broadcast psychically. I see that you've come to me. I think it's time that we resolve what's happening on my ship. As he says that, I pull out my little, because it's dark, I pull out my Bowie handle. I think flashlight, and it turns into the same flashlight that Jake has with a little laser. On it. <laughs> yes. 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 Long Errand is presented by Good Better Quest, a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was Nolan Lacey. Players are David Hallman, Doug Holly, and Nicholas Snyder. Additional voices provided by our dear friends, Alex and Paul, at D&D in Big D. If you have time, check out every episode they've ever put out. It is well worth it. Music provided by Kevin McLeod and TabletopAudio.com. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>